0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com trying to crack up the person sitting across from me, and that's the person I usually talk to on these podcasts. His
0: name is Jonathan Strickland, and he is a senior writer here. To get there, you follow Highway 58 going northeast out of the city, and it is a good highway and new. All right. We're, we're talking about numbers today. Yes, we are. We're talking about getting to where you're going and getting diverted along the way. Uh, so as of the recording of this podcast, which is in April of 2012... Uh, there is a story that's actually not a new story, necessarily. Uh, it first started to kind of make the news way back in November of 2011, but it's kind of, uh, sort of bubbled up. Uh, and it's an operation that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, has headed up, uh, and it all involves hacking into the internet and, uh, and, and messing around with internet traffic. It's called Operation Ghost Click. <laughs> That's
1: a nice name. I always love hearing the operation names. It is a uh, wacky doctor's game. So um, I think first, before we get into too much detail, we should probably talk about how Internet traffic works. We've mentioned that on the podcast on uh, a handful of occasions, I think. when, In fact, we, we got into the domain name system, DNS system, or sorry, that was redundant, uh, uh, the DNS uh, – no, it was servers – um, well, or both. Yeah. Because yeah, DNS yeah, yeah.
0: can, can mean both, but yes. Right, right,
1: right. So, yeah, we talked about it before. And basically, every website, uh, has a, is, um, has an address, a physical address, well, physical address, uh, on, on a hard drive, a physical hard drive somewhere. And these numbers, there are, uh, are four sets of numbers separated yes. by periods. Mm-hmm. And that address is unique to that Space on that physical hard drive somewhere. And so if you typed in um, HTTP colon slash slash and these, this number, you will get to a website. Of course, that's very inconvenient because
0: then you either have to write down these numbers or bookmark them or, you know. Yeah. You have to have some sort of weird total recall thing going on where you can just easily remember any series of numbers, which would, uh, would, would make you incredibly useful, but uh, it would also make you very rare. Most yeah. of us most of us are just not – it's not something humans are particularly good at doing on average. Mm-hmm. So that is what kind of gave rise to the idea of having this domain name system. Yes. Now, a domain name system, what it does is it allows you to create a domain name, uh, as in words, mm-hmm. uh, that correspond to whatever your site is, and then that itself is mapped to this series of numbers, this IP address. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. The uh, IP being Internet Protocol. Yes. Um, which is the the language that gets uh, you know you from one place to another on the internet, regardless of whether you're using a Windows machine, Mac, or Linux, or a right. mobile thing. It gets you to the same place. And then what allows you to type in howstuffworks.com
0: yes. and
1: get to our website.
0: Yeah, So if you were to type howstuffworks.com. What happens is that request, you know, what you're essentially doing is you're telling your browser, I want access to this particular website. Mm -hmm. Your browser sends this message along up a chain of command. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, it has to go out to the right computer that has the website living on it and retrieve that so that you get an instance of it back at your machine. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, it has to first map that uh, the, what needs to have is the the name that you're typing in has to be mapped to that physical machine, that physical drive mm-hmm. uh, and it does this by going through domain name servers. A domain name server is essentially like think of it kind of like a phone book, yeah, so that all the different URLs you could type in are indexed against these number numerical addresses. Mm-hmm. And then that way, once you type in the URL, it looks for the corresponding numeric address, pulls information from that, that particular source, and then serves it back to you. Mm-hmm. So that you get what you asked for. Well, that's- You asked for it. You got it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so um the the whole deal here is that you are going to get the right information. Yeah. Assuming that everything's working correctly. And occasionally stuff messes up. There might be a, a the computer that hosts the site might be down. Mm-hmm. In which case you're going to get something like a 404 error. Yeah because the, the Internet is not going to be able to find the file that you've requested. We're very sorry. The Internet is broken. Yes. <laughs> the elders of the Internet called, and they said, no more Internet for you. Uh, but most of the time, it's going to work just fine. However, what happened in the case of Operation Ghost Click is that uh, the FBI discovered... There were some people who had created some rogue DNS servers. So, in other words, these these folks, uh, six Estonian nationals, according to the FBI, um, got together and created these servers that ha- acted just as a domain name server would. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it had a collection of URLs, an index of URLs, and an index of. Addresses, uh, numeric addresses.
1: So it was like a, a fake phone book,
0: right? Exactly. Some of the entries in this fake phone book went to different phone numbers. So instead, not, not of, literally. Yeah, and, but we're, since we're sticking Using with that, the analogy, yeah, yeah. sticking with that analogy, just making So sure. instead of the official phone number mm-hmm. for a particular website you would get a fake one and it would re- in other words this you would go to a fake numeric address for a real site so you might type in the address perfect in your URL uh, uh, bar right mm-hmm. so let's take a, a random example let's just say yahoo okay so you do www.yahoo.com you hit enter now normally in a regular DNS server it would look up that URL look to see what the uh, the numeric address is for that URL. Send that information out, retrieve the website, and serve it up to you. Mm-hmm. A rogue dNS server would look up that URL, look at the numeric address that was uh, created for that URL but it isn't actually the address for yahoo it 's an address for something else dun, dun, dun. and it serves that up to you now. Why would anyone do this? There are a couple different reasons now, in the case of the Estonians in uh they were doing something. I think that was kind of uh, deviously clever. Yeah. They were doing this in order to reroute traffic to rake in advertising money. Yes. So in other words, what they wanted to do was – the way advertising on the internet works in general is that you get paid for a certain number of views mm-hmm. of that ad. It's called impressions. The number of impressions an ad gets, that translates to money. And if you get lots and lots and lots of impressions, you get lots of money. Um, and in general, a single impression is worth a fraction of a cent.
1: Yeah, but if you can say, hey, you know, I can promise you that 5 million people are going to see your ad, then you can command uh, a good price for your services. Right.
0: So very popular websites can tend to charge more than. Sites that don't get a lot of traffic, it makes makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you have a billboard next to a busy highway. That the price for that billboard to uh, to to put an ad on that billboard is probably going to be higher than a billboard that's next to a rural road that doesn't get a lot of traffic. Right. So anyway, the same sort of logic applies on on the web. So what these guys were doing uh, – I say guys. What these Estonians were doing because I don't know their gender, uh, they were uh, they were using these rogue DNS servers to reroute traffic to go to different websites and uh, that had specific ads on them that the Estonians were uh, administering. And then they were pulling in the money. So they were redirecting traffic. It's like putting in a detour in your route. And so you're going down your normal route to get to wherever you're going, and you see a sign that says, oh, nope, the road is out up ahead. Take a right instead of going straight, and you will go through a different route. And along that route, you decide to stop and eat. And normally you would stop and eat at your favorite restaurant, but you can't get to that one because it's on the road that's been closed. So you go to this other restaurant. And it all turns out that it was a ploy by the other restaurant in the first place. They put that detour sign up because they wanted to get some more foot traffic or some more, some more diners to come in. That was the general plan. Now, the question is, how do you get that rogue DNS server to get in the line of traffic so that people will visit it in the first place? Yeah, because if you're typing in an address that you already know. Yeah. Say
1: discovery.com. Yeah you should theoretically be routed to the right place as long as your computer is configured correctly and your internet's working the way it's supposed to. I mean,
0: what are they going to do? Are they going to go in and kick out the legitimate DNS machine and replace it? No. It was very clever. They created a kind of malware. Mm -hmm. And the malware is essentially called DNS Changer. And so... That's clever. DNS Changer would change the DNS settings on your computer or other device or even router Which was particularly nasty because if it changed on the router, then any device that connects through that router would be affected. Also, it's
1: unlikely that you're going to have antivirus software on your router. Right. Although you might on your
0: computer. Now, the way that they did this with the router was the easiest way. And it's the easiest way for someone to prevent it from happening to them. Mm-hmm. The way that worked on the router was that they just ended up using a list of generic usernames and passwords that are uh, uh, that tend to be um, uh, administered over various routers. So you pick pick a router, like whatever router you you happen to use. Mm-hmm. That router tends to have a standard username and standard password that you are supposed to change once you install it into your home network. Right. But a lot of people never get around to doing that. They install the, the, the router and then they don't bother changing the username and password, which means that anyone who knows what the standard username and password is for that brand of router could get access to that network. Yep. That's what they were doing in this case. But in order to change the computers themselves, not the router, what they had to do was convince people to download some malware and execute that. Uh, now, are, social engineering. Yeah, lots of different ways of doing that. Uh, you know, there's the very standard way where they include uh, some, uh, 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 they, they put on on a website that you might encounter a little pop-up that says, "Hey, uh, your antivirus software is out of date. Install this, and we will scan your computer for viruses." And for free. Fact, yeah, for free. And in fact, it really is a virus itself that it installs to your computer. You know, mm-hmm. you think you are trying to head off. Uh, some sort of malware, and in fact, you're actually installing malware to your computer at the time. Mm-hmm. Or it could be through email attachments, you know, all the standard ways that malware propagates across the web. Yeah. Any of that would work to get this this particular kind of malware onto your machine. Mm-hmm. Once you installed it, whether it was through a Trojan program or whatever, it would go and reset the DNS settings on your computer. And it would direct your computer to go to these rogue DNS servers as opposed to your internet service provider's DNS servers. Because mm-hmm. each ISP has its own, right, that passes the information up along the chain of command. So uh, you would bypass your ISP's servers. You would go to these rogue servers, and then you would be directed to whatever website they wanted to direct you to for any particular URL. Mm-hmm. For some URLs, you might just get the regular website. You, you, you're sent along and nothing bad happens. For other URLs, you might be directed to a site that looks very similar to the one you wanted, but something isn't quite right. And it tends that, again, they were just doing it for the advertising money. The scary thing is they could have done this for any other reason and actually tried to steal stuff directly from the user. Yes. Now, in this case, that doesn't seem to be what they were up to. They were up to just redirecting that traffic. So you might think, well, that's annoying. I mean I'm not going to get to the website I want to go to unless I type in the actual uh, numeric address physically. Then I would go to it. But uh, while it's annoying that I wouldn't go to the site that I wanted to go to, at least they're not stealing from me. Mm-hmm. But they could have. They could have directed things so that you would go to dummy websites that look similar to official ones and put in uh, a system where you type in your username and password and they would log it. They could have logged it. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They could have logged that information, thus getting access to various accounts across the internet. They could have gotten access to email accounts, bank accounts, you know, uh, any other sort of, uh, anything that would requ- require authorization. They could have done that. Uh, and what would probably have happened is that you would have logged in. Let's say that you try to go to your bank's online banking site and you might get a, a site that looks very much like your Bank's site. In fact, it might even look almost identical. Um, The address might look a little hinky, uh, but if you were to type in your username and password, likely you would get a response saying, Oh, the site's down for maintenance. But what's really happened is that that information has been logged by hackers. So Mm -hmm. that could have happened. Or they could have directed you to a site where you would have been uh, encouraged to download even more malware. Perhaps a backdoor. Uh, access programs so that your your computer would become part of a botnet or any other kind of of uh, hacking tool. It's it's really the the options are pretty much unlimited. Now in this case again it was just to redirect traffic. However there were some other problems that mm-hmm. would happen if you were affected by this virus. You might not you know you might not have anyone stealing from your bank account or anything, but. One of the things the virus does, which is pretty much standard operating procedure for viruses, is it turned off the features on your operating system and your antivirus uh, from updating, so that you wouldn't be able to get the latest security patches that would prevent this this uh, uh, program from working. Yeah. So, first step, pretty much of any malware, is let's disable the stuff that can turn this off. Right. So, anything that would automatically turn the the malware off was disabled, so that's a problem because it means that even if you aren't being uh, actively preyed upon by the, these particular hackers, uh, future attacks could hit you much more easily because you are no longer protected, yeah, which is pretty bad yep. that's what we call a bad thing in internet security
1: Yep, and there were about what four million people around the world in about a hundred countries. That were affected by this, yeah, around 500,000 in the United States.
0: And it wasn't just uh, uh, you know citizen users. It was also businesses, government oh, yeah. government computers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there were even like a couple of computers over at NASA that yep. were affected I by this. I saw that NASA was affected. And, uh, and the good news that we have is that the FBI arrested – These six Estonian nationals that were identified as being part of this, running – actually running this ring.
1: Yeah, they were going to try to have them extradited to the United States.
0: Yeah, and they've also taken over the rogue DNS servers they have identified as being part of this. And those rogue DNS servers are now acting like legitimate DNS servers, which is great. That means that as a user, when you try to visit a website, you should get what you're supposed to get. Mm -hmm. However, there's a problem. Because your computer still have, if you're affected, your computer still is directing you to the wrong set of servers. You're still getting the right result, but you're going, you're not going to the the regular chain of command that you should go to. And the FBI is not going to be running these servers forever. And in fact, uh, in in July of 2012, they're going to turn them off. And once those turn off, if your computer is being directed to those DNS servers, you may not uh, have any more web access, uh, at least not through typing in a normal URL, because your computer is going to try and go through a pathway that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So the important thing to do is to determine whether or not your computer has this infection, and if it does have the infection, to clear it up. And uh it's yeah. The yeah. first one's easier than the second one.
1: Yeah, the FBI actually set up a, a website yes. uh, designed to help you identify whether or not you have been affected.
0: Yes. Um, you can go to the FBI's website and follow the links to find out about uh, whether or not your computer um, has this problem. And there's actually a couple different ways of doing it. There's they, They've set up a URL where what it does is it pings a server, and if it gets a positive result saying that you're fine, uh, you get a screen that has this big green icon on it and says you're good. Um, if you're not fine, you get a big red icon which says this is saying that you're you know it's going through one of the rogue DNS servers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've also identified a range of the IP addresses that uh, it, you know you can check your DNS settings on your computer yourself. If you're using a Windows machine. You go to a run command and you type in ipconfig slash all, mm-hmm. uh, and then that will pull up your DNS settings. And you can see what the what the numeric address is for the server that you go to. Mm-hmm. And if it falls within the range that's been identified by the FBI, you know that your DNS settings are wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearing this up and getting rid of the malware is a little tricky uh the easiest way i can think of to do it if i were doing it myself is going to a computer that i know has not been affected and downloading the latest antivirus software i can find and putting uh, most of them have an option where you can put a, uh, a a version of that onto a thumb drive yeah do that then take the thumb drive over to the uh, infected machine and boot it into safe mode and and load up the antivirus software from the thumb drive and that should be able, depending upon the antivirus software, should be able to scan it and remove it. Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI also points to several web uh, assets that can help you if your computer does appear to be one of the ones infected and those may work very well for you. I tend to go with the antivirus approach whenever I can. Um, it just... I don't know. I don't know. It's just I just have a preference for that as opposed to going like a web-based route. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but it is it is fairly easy to uh to get rid of the problem in this case. It's not like some of the others where you have to uh uh reformat your hard drive to get it back. Yeah, I mean which is nice.
0: There's there's some depending on how tech savvy you are. It's pretty easy. If you're not terribly tech savvy, it may be it may be worth it to take it to a computer professional to have them scan it and remove it and take care of it for you because the more you mess with your computer settings, the more you may inadvertently cause some problems that can uh, turn your machine into a nightmare. Um, And and sometimes, depending on the malware, like if you've had this on your computer for a while, Mm -hmm. that might not be the only malware that's affecting you. That's possible. You might have other problems, in which case... Uh, you know, a simple scan and remove may not be enough. In, in a worst case scenario, you might have to do something like wipe your computer and reinstall the operating system. Oh yeah. In which case, the first thing you want to do is back up as much of your data as you possibly can. Uh, and then you do the wipe. But that, even that is, I mean, that's that's like a, a worst case scenario type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, none of our listeners are in that. Well, first of all, hopefully, none of our listeners have been affected by this malware. But if they have, hopefully, it's not so severe, and they don't have other forms of malware that they can't, you know, uh, uh, take care of it themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, it's always a good idea to back up your hard drive uh, on a regular basis, anyway, always, just to make sure that
0: always back up your hard drive
1: to uh, to make sure that you have a version of your operating system uh, installed on there that you can go back to that you know is not infected, at least, hopefully. Yeah. So. Uh, but that's this, that's pretty impressive. I mean, the FBI has really been uh, promoting the fact that they uh, they had this success in taking down, or apparent success, I should say, in taking down this,
0: uh, this um, ring.
1: This ring, because um, you know this is this is pretty significant. They took away traffic from uh, legitimate websites, uh, in addition to making money for themselves with the uh, the alternate fake websites. Yeah, um, and it does expose the fact that uh, most people are are. You know, still having to uh, to think about what they do because they uh, they may very well be letting somebody in. It could have been a lot worse than it was.
0: Yeah, exploiting the DNS system, which again I know redundant ATM machine, uh, <laughs> exploiting that PIN number um, was pretty ingenious. You know, you, you essentially it just shows that understanding how the internet works and building this parallel system that exploits the way internet works, uh, was very clever. Now, of course, it still depended upon user behavior to work because if no one had downloaded the malware, if no one had installed the malware, it wouldn't have, um, nothing would have happened. You would have had these, DNS, these rogue DNS servers that would be online and would be ready to redirect traffic to wherever they wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. But if no one downloaded the malware, the traffic would never have been redirected. So really the other lesson to take away from this is just practice good internet security rules of thumb things like don't open strange uh, attachments from e- you know in, in random emails uh make sure you ask people if they've sent you an attachment ask them like did you really send this to me you know cuz sometimes people their email address gets compromised and they randomly start sending out files to people often in uh uncharacteristically uh, uh worded ways like you might read a message and think either my friend is uh taken a a a a terrible fall and decided to email me immediately afterward or is under the influence of some uh powerful uh, alcohol nah. or you know it just doesn't make any sense like you read it and you're like this doesn't sound like Chris, yeah, Chris never emails me in all caps with lots of letters missing. Um, you know, send this to everyone you know. Right, um, Bill Gates will give you twenty five cents uh, for every email that you forward. Yeah. Anyway, it, uh, don't don't open those email attachments. Yeah,
1: yeah, you I, know?
0: and you know what? I I have recently
1: realized um, every once in a while I'll find a story that I want to send to somebody, and I've uh, I've realized as I was sending it, I'd say, Hey, I just saw this. You should check it out. You know what? That sounds just like something a spammer would write. Right, right. So I try to make it uh, a little more personal, a little bit more personal, so that yeah. the uh, well, for one thing, the spam filter will on a lot of these uh, uh, services comments, will, yeah. will pull it right out of there if you if it's something that
0: uh, that minimal. So yeah, if it, uh, if it fits that pattern of yeah. hey, I saw this, check it out, then yeah, yeah. it 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 can fall into the the spam filter pretty easily. So, also, uh, yeah, and, and it doesn't just go with attachments. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I mean. Or, or links. There are links. Plenty of links are problems. But think about, uh, like, gosh, I've seen this so many times on Facebook. Clickjacking on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, if you've ever gone, I'm sure most of you have, anyone who's had a Facebook account long enough has seen this happen with their friends. You'll look and there'll be some uh, video Link, mm-hmm. you know, it'll say, it, it won't be an embedded video. So it's not something that plays within Facebook, but you'll see like a link to some incredible video and it usually has to do with either violence or sex. Those tend to be the two big ones. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You go for those base instincts that we humans have and, uh, and, uh, you get a lot of results, which is kind of a sad commentary, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. So anyway, there's a, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see this link and I saw one recently and immediately i was like my the red flag went up as soon as i saw it first of all mm-hmm. i was like this doesn't seem like the kind of thing this person would have shared right like they might have clicked on a link but it doesn't seem like something they would have themselves shared and it was a uh, supposedly a video about Justin Bieber being stabbed at a concert and as soon as i saw it i thought uh this has click uh, clickjacking written all over it, and right. immediately I went to one of my favorite re- references for this sort of thing, Snopes.com. Mm-hmm. So Snopes is all about urban legends, but they also look at things like internet hoaxes mm-hmm. and and clickjacking. And I did a quick search, and sure enough, this is something that's been around for a while, and it just it's just like a lot of other clickjacking. It has these cycles that it goes through mm-hmm. where. You'll have an initial pop up of this, and then it dies down, and then it'll pop up again, and it'll do that three or four times. Yeah, current events are often. Yeah, and I
1: mean it's it's you'll find some of these that are, that have lasted for years that basically they don't necessarily have to be about Justin Bieber, for example. Right. That, that may be the uh, uh,
0: the the clickjack du jour. Yeah. Exactly.
1: That, or it, you know, five years ago, it could have been about. For example, Britney Spears. Yeah, that would
0: be a very popular one. And or I,
1: Jennifer Aniston or somebody somebody that's in the news right that moment. Yeah, and it um, tends
0: to be like uh, – or, or it will be like
1: or news this this,
0: this news anchor had an embarrassing uh, uh, yeah. moment on the news. Click to find out, yeah. that sort of stuff. And what happens is if you do click that, you'll get a message that essentially says usually something like, uh, your, your, uh, you need to install this extension or you need to install this mm-hmm. video player in order to watch this video. And if you allow it, then it gets access to things like your Facebook feed. Yeah. And as well as possibly other stuff. It may inv- involve other, you know, kinds of malware. But in general, you see, see this get propagated across Facebook where someone who has fallen for the trick agrees to it and then it continues to Go across Facebook because it starts to use that person's feed. So whenever I see one of these, uh, here's what I do, guys. I immediately, uh, you know, I see something that that raises a red flag like that. First, what I do is I do a search on on Google for whatever the video supposedly shows because mm-hmm. uh, nine times out of ten it's just completely made up. And you can usually find up a find an article written on it, or it'll be on Snopes or something like that, where it will say you know this new facebook scam is going around so watch out for it once i have confirmed that it's a scam i go back to facebook and i comment on the, the entry and i say hey it looks like this is a clickjacking attempt you may want to go and re- and change your facebook password and delete this post yeah because by deleting the post you're going to help remove that that uh step for other people to fall victim to that same problem so, I do that fairly regularly because I've got a lot of friends on Facebook and this sort of thing can happen to anyone. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and it's not necessarily something that's, that's sort of either appealing to violence or sex. Sometimes it's something that's just interesting and it has nothing to do with any of those, uh, um, uh, kind of, uh, more base subject matter right. kind of things. And also, I mean, in general, when there's a link in Facebook, if it's a link in Facebook, I tend to go to Google anyway and try and get to that link without going through Facebook because you never know when it's a clickjacking attempt. If it's an embedded video within Facebook, like a YouTube video that's been embedded in Facebook, something like that, I'm all right with that. I'll watch it that way. But for links, I tend to go outside of Facebook to do it just to be on the safe side. Uh, which I'm sure Facebook hates. Oh, probably. That's not what Facebook wants to hear. But until Layers they want to track you. Right. Until there's better security around that so that I'm not throwing caution to the wind and infecting my computer, I just I can't justify it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just my own personal approach, guys. I'm sure all of you probably have your own sort of way of dealing with this and avoiding problems. But it's always something that's good to keep in mind. Uh, and um, anyway, so if you guys suspect that you might have this DNS changer malware on your computer, go to the FBI's website. Use their tool, first of all, to see if uh, you get a result back. Mm -hmm. If you don't get a result back, you're probably okay, not necessarily okay. You can pull up that list of addresses that do uh, map to these rogue servers and go through your computer settings and confirm it that way. Um, Warning, rogue servers. Yeah. Yeah. So just check your computers. Make sure you're you're fine because if you're not fine, then once the FBI turns these servers off, you may have some problems accessing stuff over the web. And then you're thinking, what the heck happened? And the real nasty part about not being able to access the web is not being able to access why you can't access the web. <laughs> I've had that happen apparently. <laughs> Did I not pay my internet bill? Is my router down? (laughs) I don't know how to check because I can't look anything up. Yes, I'm, I'm that guy. Anyway, so do you have anything else you want to add about this? Not really, no. Not really, no. So let us wrap this up. Guys, if you have any suggestions for future topics on Tech Stuff Podcast, you can let us know through email. That address is techstuff@discovery.com, or you let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle on both those social networks is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.